0: Hey everyone, happy Friday. I hope you're doing well. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Devon Hour. This week we have a very special guest, Nick Gaga, an amazing, amazing drag queen, super talented. And I can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode to get to know Nick, because they are just an amazing individual. If this episode starts off a little bit abrupt, okay, you know, we're just making it work over here. So no worries. I really do hope you enjoy this episode. Have a good Friday, stay woke and drink your water. All right. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Devin Hour. I'm your host, Devin. Welcome, Nick Gaga, to the Devin Hour.
1: How, how are you? Hello. I'm great. Nice <laughs> to meet you officially. I know, right?
0: <laughs> like this has been a crazy, crazy like past six months, right? So, how have you been adjusting to the change that now you have to like perform from home or like uh, have social distance guidelines? Like, how's that been for you?
1: Well, it started pretty okay, I would Mm -hmm. say. I was not bothered at all. I was like, okay, sure. Now we're home. Now we're stuck. (laughs) And (laughs) lucky me, I have my boyfriend with me at home. So, um, you were my boyfriend. Yeah, we thought that it's going to be okay. You know, we're going to get through it. But after a month or two, um, it, (laughs) started to hit us harder and harder. Yes, yes. Yes, after I, you came to a realization, especially me as a performer, um after I came to a realization that there's no more stage, <laughs> no more performances, no more real-life audience or anything like that, no more gigs, you know, no more party, and basically your lifestyle completely changed because, like, aside from me performing all the time, it's also a very very different lifestyle when you're working at night and partying every night of the week. And then you right. just basically just sleep most of the day. And now uh, I had to be switched a little bit and like turn into a regular person. i saying mm-hmm. <laughs> something like that. Um, so it's been a ride, definitely. So I would say it's been hard for sure Yeah, to just understand or realize how to live right now yeah and how to how to stay um inspired and productive at the same time
0: for
2: sure
1: um yeah being productive is probably one of
0: the hardest things. it's the hardest because especially when you're in your own house as like creatives that tend to take our art outside of our houses so like i'll be recording this podcast in the studio you know mm-hmm. and you'll be mm-hmm. performing on the stage and now mm-hmm. you have to bring all this all the stuff that you would do outside of your house inside of your house where where you live is like your place where you could settle relax and so now it's just bombarded with your life <laughs> like now your home yes. is your life so now it becomes i can see how it becomes like so overwhelming for a bunch of creatives um yes. especially since like drag artists have like you guys go out and perform you know y'all go out and perform y'all make tips and now that's like now that stops <laughs> and you're just like, Yep. How are we supposed yep. to how are we supposed to like compensate for that? Literally. How are we supposed to compensate for that? Because Yeah, lucky me
1: that I've been uh supported by a couple um how would I say that? Not companies, but like funds and stuff who right. supported drag in general. So lucky me that I got supported by uh WoW Present.
0: Shout out to WoW. Uh
1: their creative fund for drug. Yes. Shout out to them. Um I guess they were, I guess it's like they're all connected with like boss events and stuff. I think it's like all of them. Right. Uh, so I was supported by them uh, financially, which was, which was a huge surprise for me because I was not expecting that. I just applied for the program, the fund that they created and I got chosen and I'm forever grateful for that and yes. thankful because it was just something, you know, that just kept me floating for at least a little bit. Um, yeah, and then my home bar, um uh, that I worked with at the Ritz, uh, the Ritz Bar, it's on 46th yes. in New York City. The Ritz, yes. um, they supported me as well. They had a fund for their performers and they f- supported us financially. Uh, and then when we all got to like phase one and two in New York, when everything got to back to a little normal, you know, like when they started opening and stuff, Mm -hmm. I was invited to work there for a little bit. So I was, I had my workplace for another month or maybe over a month, but now it's canceled again. (laughs) So yeah, it's been a (laughs) ride.
0: Now let's talk about a little bit about your background. I hear an accent, where are you from? Okay,
1: well, people can hear it usually. If they hear it, it means that they're sober. (laughs) Or, and I'm sober, and it's probably during the day. So, like, it's obvious that we're recording this during the daytime. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because if we were at the bar and we were partying right now, probably you would never notice my accent. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, But, yes, I prefer to say it. Uh, I'm an ex-Russian oh wow <laughs> uh-huh. yes um so i moved here from russia i'm a refugee in the states i am uh on a political asylum mm. that's what it's called um so yeah i was traveling my whole life back and forth uh-huh. since i was like 10 years old that's why my english is not that crazy harsh you know and you can like I speak better than most Russians.
0: <laughs> Listen, the whole English language is just fucked up. Okay, the way that <laughs> the way that this country dismantles that language, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I moved like by myself, completely moved, uh, and became a refugee here four years ago. It's going to be my four year anniversary this year yes. in winter. Yes. Yes.
0: Four years in New York, you're a New Yorker now. You if you well, survived there for four years, period.
1: I think so. I think so, yeah. <laughs> That's
0: it's, awesome. It's been,
1: it's been a lot.
0: <laughs> yes. So what when did you start like getting into drag?
1: Well <laughs> I was not expecting to become a drag queen at all. Like wow. not even closest. Not not even closest. <laughs> well, <laughs> First of all, I'm a professional makeup artist. I've been working as one for like over 11 years now, Um, like back in Russia, you know, Mm -hmm. I started working as a makeup artist and I also come from theater. So my makeup background started from theater. I'm an actor and this is my education. This is my, like what I do. Mm -hmm. I'm an actor, come from theater. And I've been in theater since I was like seven. So I've been on the stage and I've been doing some kind of a theater makeup, practicing and all of that, you know, since I was like very little, very young. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I moved here, I, all I was expecting from myself was to be a makeup artist. And I did right, right away. As soon as I moved to New York, I started to have makeup gigs, you know, because I had, I had connections in the right. makeup industry. I've been working for a couple big companies in the world. So um, I had a couple connections. So I started to have some gigs and makeup and blah, 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 and all of that. And in the parallel of that, I was like, okay, I'm an actor. I moved to the States to become an actor. So I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to go to like have auditions, you know, castings, all of that. Yeah. Uh, instead of moving to LA, I decided to move to New York because I thought it's going to be easier,
0: which uh, was easier oh, oh. than okay for
1: me. I think for me personally, and I I loved my decision that I moved here instead of LA because, like, if I moved to LA, God knows what my life.
0: <laughs> Honestly, it's just hard no matter what city you you're going to go to. You're going to face your own struggles because both LA and New York is competitive, okay? Yeah. Especially New York. Yeah. <laughs> like, New York? I,
1: I knew that. Ooh. I, I kind of knew that. I heard about it from my friends, you know, from my, like, family members and stuff. Was yeah, like, yeah. They were like, okay, you have to make a really, really big decision right here. Because, like, New York is a total different story from LA. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So I calculated everything. So I end up here. Um, started to have my makeup gigs, working on a side, doing some whatever I can possibly do as a at that time, a legal alien in the country, you know, Mm -hmm. just trying to find jobs and stuff. Um, And then I met, well, my drag, basically, I prefer to say that it started thanks to my drag sister, who is my drag sister right now, Kimmy Moore.
0: Um, Yes, Kimmy Moore.
1: Yes, so his name is Harrison, out of drag. So (laughs) I met him at the Ritz um, right when I moved here. It was in December 2016. So... I started to go out because uh, I wanted to learn about like just to see what it is because I've never seen the nightlife here. I've never seen drag queens, so many drag queens in person. You know, I've yeah. seen a couple of drag queens in Russia, but it's like it's a completely different story. Yeah. So I just, I, I just, I just wanted to experience that. So I started to go out, and then I met Kimi. She was working at the red and just like being a party and all of that. I fell in love completely, just uh, like in five seconds, immediately. So I was like. As soon as we met, I was like, we're going to be friends. Just watch. We're going to be friends. And watch what happened. Yeah. (laughs) We became best friends. Now we're best friends. Four years after that. And I was watching him and I got so inspired. And and one night, like a few months after we were hanging out and I was just like going out with him all the time, I was like, you know what? Let me try. (laughs) Let me try. Because why not? (laughs) I'm a makeup artist. I know how to beat my face. So that will be easy. The rest, the rest, you're going to show me. You're going to show me how to do, you know, things, how to talk, how to dress, how to wear wigs. And then it all started. And yeah, so I prefer to say that it all started because of Kimmy
0: Moore. Oh, so your drag sister slash drag mama, question <laughs> mark.
1: Yeah, we decided, we decided that she's not going to be my drag mother because she's like, I don't need any children or anything like that. <laughs> no not of that business so we decided to be sisters from from the beginning
0: yeah that's awesome um i know like in russia like they're very it's very funny when it comes to like being out and being open when it comes to lgbtq so what was that so when you were like over there in russia were you like more in the closet were you just like okay i'm more to myself
1: Yes, yes, I was completely in the closet, a hundred percent, a thousand percent. so yes, first of all, it is illegal in Russia to be gay. so yes. you can be arrested if you're kissing on the street or holding like even holding hands or anything like that. So the gay bar and club scene is very hidden. It's very underground, so whenever you're going out, it's literally you're just you're planning your trips from home to the bar or the club. You have to know specifically where you're going. The only good thing is at the bars there that the security is usually very good and a very high level. The mm-hmm. bars and the bars and clubs are usually hiring a very high level security staff. So that's the good thing, because whenever you know that you're going there, you know that on some level you're going to be safe in those places. You know, right, right. But outside, but outside, it's a total disaster. So yes, most of not even most of, like it's 99%, I think, that people are completely closeted and hidden from the world and never talking about that they're gay, except if they're moving out of the country or traveling anywhere, yeah. Europe or America or anywhere else.
0: And what a culture shock, because like coming over here to America, you see drag queens going like on the trains and full drag, drag, yeah. yeah. like, getting to their gigs, and coming from Russia where it's illegal, Like, I could just imagine. So I just want to say, like, you are a strong, strong, strong individual for, like, making that move and taking that chance to coming over here to America. You know, because no matter where you go, it's always going to be funny about you being who you are with your identity. But you taking that chance to coming over here where it is more acceptable, I commend you for that. Because that that takes a whole nother level of courageousness. Right? So now, I just want to know. Makeup. (laughs) Uh How did you get into makeup? Like, what was it, what was that first thing you were like, yeah, I love makeup?
1: I have no idea, honestly. (laughs) Like, (laughs) with most of the, with half of my life, I'm just literally questioning myself, why am I doing this, how did it all started? Uh, It's like, yeah. Um, But as I said, well, when I was in theater, when I was little, we were practicing some kind of the makeup, but it was like theater makeup, you know? So yeah, it was yeah. like a very, very little practice with like the basics of how you supposed to light up your cheeks from the stage or bring your eyes yeah. out on the stage, you know? Just like some old, tiny basics that not even makeup because we were using some, I don't know, like Sharpie pencils and stuff. You know, so it's like it's not even makeup, but you just you learn a little bit by being on the stage and far mm-hmm. away from audiences to change and shape your face a little bit using the products, whatever it is, if it's like Kryolan or some basic makeup lines
2: yeah. for like
1: theater and stuff. So after I was doing that, after I've been practicing to do that, it just some, somehow I've been well. Since I knew that I was gay, since I was like, I don't know, nine, eight, whatever years old. Early. Early on. Early, yeah. (laughs) I always felt, by watching my mom, by watching my grandma, I always felt that I have some kind of the feeling towards uh, female beauty. Mm. Um, Just women in general. I just had this passion. Whenever I was watching my mom, like, putting her makeup on, I just... I just felt like something is different when I'm watching this, when I'm watching the whole process of like doing the contour, changing the eye, the mascara, lips, like all of those small details just got me wondering, like, why, why am I, why am I feeling this certain type of way? You know, it's not, it's not a sexual feeling. It's not a, um, I don't even know, like the words, but I I knew that there's a feeling, some sort of the feeling, you know, that brings just some type of
0: uh, attractiveness towards this. Specific thing. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
1: That brings me some kind of the happiness and interest in this, like, you know, the whole process and stuff. Yeah. So I believe all of that, my mom and just the girls that I used to work with in the theater, and then watching them doing their makeups because they were like, oh, I'm not going to put that on my face. I'm going to do my face like in my own way. Even the girls that used to work in the theater because, like, you know, they're girls, so they know their faces better. But, (laughs) yeah. And because I'm in Russia the boundaries between male and female makeup are so bizarre like if you're if you're a guy you're not supposed to touch anything you you can like maybe line up your eyes a little bit and that's it and i was always questioning why like why i i did i did not understand any of that i'm like i'm watching movies and i'm watching other theaters from around the world internet already there you know and i'm like um
0: the men it's are practically in drag.
1: <laughs> yeah. Very questionable why I can't do anything on my face while the girls next room for the same play that I'm in, they're doing way more makeup than me. So mm-hmm. I was questioning that a lot. And and then somehow, again, somehow, I end up um, working for MAC, MAC Cosmetics mm-hmm. in Russia. So I got into that company and it all started there. They taught me beauty they taught me uh all different sorts of makeups and then I just started growing from there and it ended up here yeah after me doing covers for magazines fashion weeks photo shoots models celebrities and stuff you know all of that
0: and your makeup concepts are so dope Are amazing. Like, how do you conjure up that that concept? Do you just do it? You just like, okay, whatever. I'm gonna just do it and see whatever comes out of it. Or do you have it like specifically planned in your head? Okay, I'm gonna do this to my face today.
1: Well, yeah, with a lot of makeups that I did just out of my head, it's just a creative process and it just happens. Yes, but as for right now, a lot of my work when it comes to makeup um, is drag and Gaga. Yeah. of course. Because uh, right now, I copy a lot of Gaga. So, I just copy her face, copy her features, copy whatever I see. And, yeah.
0: Yes. That be- that butterfly that you put in your face was stunning. I said, oh, how long did it take you to do that? Like, three hours, I think. To, to Lord. three. Yeah,
1: Lord. but that was just because I was recording that process. That's always... That's always harder if you're recording something, but it wasn't my idea though. So, <laughs> I saw it on Instagram. I don't remember the girl's name, but it was her idea, and then some guy recreated her look, and then mm-hmm. <laughs> it was me.
0: <laughs> Either way, it is stunning for you. To, was it? Yeah, um, yeah. Was it rhinestones on there?
1: Yeah, it was a yeah. stones on top. Was-
0: Gaga <laughs> Nick. Oh my <laughs> god! Because <laughs> I, when I tell you, if I were you, I would have been sitting there like. like slowly putting them on just
1: yeah well it's a process crazy
0: (laughs) that's awesome uh so let's talk about gaga okay what about lady gaga attracts you to her because she is a queen i understand that we know that yeah but what about her aesthetic that attracts you to her
1: um well my story with gaga starts (laughs) a while (laughs) ago um As as a lot of monsters, probably like everyone is like preferred to say, I fell in love since Just Dance came out and blah, 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 blah. You know, like the first song, the first single, the first Uh music video, all of that official Gaga, even though that she had a musical career before that. Before that.
0: Yeah, especially in the New York scene.
1: Yeah, there was the, there was a lot of unreleased music and stuff before that, but I of course I had no idea about any of that and mm. I didn't fall in love. I'm like I'm being straight on for honest all the time. I'm like I haven't even heard Just Dance because in Russia it was very limited. Oh okay. So it, to be was, like... <laughs> it was released worldwide, but Just Dance never never exploded in Russia as much as it exploded in the rest of the world because they are taking care of everything new in a very very specific way. They're being very very careful with everything that's coming up, especially if an artist, a very straight on forward um, LGBTQ uh, supporter. Yep. Um. So yes. Yeah. So it was kind of shadow banned in Russia a little bit, even though that the song was out and you could hear it on the radio. But I wasn't paying attention that much to music industry in general. I think that time because I was so focused on the study and I was some kind of the nerd you know with most of the uh my school process and college and all of that so um I wasn't into music that much and I think I like later on the first music video that was a shock to me and when I was like just discovering music in general was uh Rihanna's Umbrella That was the first on music discovery for me, even before (laughs) Gaga, you know, and then it was like Fergie, and then it was Black Eyed Peas, and then it was some other artists, other artists, and then I discovered Gaga only when Dead Romance came out. Because mm-hmm. it was like an explosion all over the world, and no one could control it anymore. Yeah, you,
0: you can es- escape bad romance. That was everywhere. bad romance, and no one could ex- escape that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yes, with bad romance, I discovered her, and I was like, okay, yeah, I like that. I was like, you know, with my education, with my theater and musical education, I already had a knowledge in music and how it's all done. Kind of, you know, I played three in- instruments back in the day what and yeah well now it's like a leftovers because i stopped playing all of those instruments but yeah um and then it's it was just slowly growing with every music artist that i could possibly see in russia and was just discovering everything that i could discover and then in 2012 Um, when Gaga came to Russia for the first time officially with her tour, Born This Way show. Yes, it was in 2012. And I, I just knew for some reason that I have to get a ticket for that show. I didn't care about anything else. Like I saw before that, I saw a show of Britney with a circus tour. I saw some couple other shows, you know, but I, with with just with Gaga, I just knew specifically. There's, I just have to get the ticket to that show. The whole concept of Born This Way was very, very like close to me, you know. Yeah. And I always, I always had a feeling that, like, especially while I was in Russia, was like, okay, 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 something is gonna happen. I just, I just have to go to that show. <laughs> um, and it happened. So I got the ticket for um a dance floor which i stood like in a line it's like a live line before she got like after born this way shows her concept of the shows changed a lot but during born this way she still had that system of like people waiting before the show like off like live line to yeah. get like ticketed and get numbers on your wrists, you know, mm-hmm. and get to the fan zone by that system. So it happened to me. Um, I waited on a line for like three days before the show I was literally standing. It was winter, it was freezing cold, all of that. So we were like hanging at McDonald's for like five minutes and then go- going back to that line. So that's what happened. I got to the fan zone, and during her Born This Way show, she had a system when she was like, okay, I like you, I like you, you look cool, you gave me a nice t-shirt, so I'm going to bring you on the stage to, like, chill with me, and then I'm going to bring you backstage. So that's what happened with me. I had a poster that I painted that said, thank you for who you are. Um, And it was, like, a nice painting, like, a pretty big poster, and she saw the poster I had a half of my face painted and I guess she liked that so she brought me on the stage during the show there are like videos all over YouTube from her Mm -hmm. Moscow show um yeah and then after the show she brought me backstage and that's how we met we spent a while together talking and just chilling and just like you know asking questions and stuff um yeah and after that moment happened I guess everything just Collect and changed in my life because at that moment already back in 2012, I was like, I'm going to move to the States. I'm going to become an actor. I'm going to all of that. And she was like, so inspiring. She was like, Yes, of course you're gonna do that. Yes, I believe in you, you know, all of that. Then I'm like, Yeah, 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 you you say that to every fan that you meet, you know, all of that. But just the whole experience with meeting her and her being the nicest person ever and nothing like a celebrity, you know, and she was like so down to earth and she was like the just the nicest ever that I've ever met. And that whole experience changed. And then after that, I just I got completely I just fell in love completely, I guess. And since then it never stopped. So, um, at that's, at this point, um, while when I'm doing her in drag, mm-hmm. while I'm promoting her music, when I'm promoting everything about her, I, I'm not at a crazy obsessive fan that will run around for just an autograph or a picture, you know, around New York or anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I'm more focused on art and projects and like my life goals of like maybe working with her, maybe doing a music video for her or right, right. doing a photo shoot with her. You know, I'm more focused on work, not, not me being an obsessive, crazy person. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the very, very long story, <laughs> as short as possible. <laughs>
0: I'm happy that you met Gaga and she was so nice because usually when you meet your idols or you meet celebrities, they tend not to be so nice.
1: Oh, it happened to me so many times <laughs> after that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I'll, I'll tell you this. Like when I met um I met Janet Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, I got invited to like this Spotify um situation. It was like twelve of us. Like, oh, okay. Janet's biggest fans in the area got exclusive listen to her um, music or whatever. I was wow. like, okay, this is dope. So I went there and then she popped out and we saw her and I was like, oh my gosh. Then we got to be able to take pictures with her. And I was like, oh, okay. I went up to her. I'm, mind you, I am a big Janet fan. I love uh-huh. all of her music. And I went up to her and I was like, thank you so much for creating the Velvet Rope album. That's one of my favorite albums of all time. Helped me go through my, go through so much. She dead ass looked at me and was like... Uh- <laughs> <laughs> she smiled pose for the picture and then i got my t-shirt and then i walked and then i was sent away and i was like <laughs>
1: <laughs> that gives me a mariah vibes as well
0: <laughs> stop i'm a, I'm a lamb i'm a lamb Ooh. oh wow no <laughs> <laughs> yes it was i was like damn i'm gonna still buy a ticket to your show though but damn yeah. <laughs> so i'm happy that the experience with gaga is was so nice because I've seen a lot of like um people who do interviews and stuff meet Gaga and they always said that she was so humble and so nice and, and so sweet. She she has done a lot for her fans, especially during that Born This Way era. She Yo, So much. So much. So much. I remember she and had I- um my favorite YouTubers like backstage and they did an interview with her. She was there uh, chilling with them, drinking with them, and I said, Damn, like She's really one yep. of the, like, she's one of the girls. Like, she
1: gets yep. it. And now I see all over Twitter whenever her fans are coming for her and saying that, like, she's not present anymore, she's not doing that, she's not doing this, she's not doing... First of all, <laughs> that woman has done a lot already. So, like, just chill down and enjoy the music. She has her life to live.
0: <laughs> like, yeah. her personal
1: life, you know, and stuff. So, yeah, it just comes, it just, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think people don't really take into account the amount of shit that Gaga had to go through. Um, Cause during that born this way era, that's where she really reached this trajectory of like stardom. Like she was on a whole nother level and the amount of shit that she faced, I could just imagine meeting people randomly now for her. I'm pretty sure is like a lot, like a lot of her mental Uh health. So I wouldn't expect her to do the same things that she did in the beginning of her career now. Yeah, Like it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah what other uh celebrities have you got the chance to work with
1: um well i haven't worked with gaga yet we just met Mm, not
0: yet (laughs) yeah
1: you're right yeah yeah. (laughs) um but um i did photo shoots well most of my work that i did was backstage work because I was a makeup artist for them correct so everything that i did well when it comes to fashion weeks, I painted some famous models and celebrities and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like the list, like there is no list. I don't even think about that. I Sometimes I don't, like when I was working on fashion weeks, it wasn't about that at all. I was just so exhausted and tired of working right. nonstop that sometimes I, like, I had back like five, five, five six years ago, uh Gigi and Bella Hadid they were already famous they were like getting to that point where like world famous and I saw them a couple of times yeah and I saw them a couple of times on the backstage at like Paris Fashion Week and they were like they're sitting right next to me but I'm like I was like so exhausted at that point that I was like oh okay cool I'm painting another famous model that I don't even remember the name of you know um but from the biggest I was I was working on a photo shoot with Heidi Klum.
0: Oh, my gosh. I
1: was working on a photo shoot with Antonio Banderas, the actor. Yes.
0: <laughs> what a fine man. Still fine yes. to this
1: day. Lord. Yes. Yes. The whole photo shoot, <laughs> Jesus Christ. The whole staff. You, uh, we were like everyone, literally everyone, was, especially in Moscow. Like everyone who's working on the photo shoot and you see uh, – um Men in photo shoot, most likely they're gay because they're working in the photo shoot, you know, of and course. they're doing yep. yeah. some, some sort of the artistry, you know. <laughs> so if you're in Russia, it's most likely they're all gay. So we were all in the corner watching him while he was being shot, <laughs> and we we're all like, ooh, ooh, something is,
0: ooh. <laughs> oh, you know, my man, yes. Yeah. That is so dope if I was anywhere near Heidi Klum, I think I would, I would just faint. She's just so iconic. Like, first off, I think I would walk out the room. I have no business being nowhere near Heidi Klum. (laughs) that's, That's great. Your resume is on point.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah, when it comes to working, well, again, because I became a professional as a makeup artist, so it wasn't about, it wasn't about who you painted or who you worked with. Um, in my like everywhere where i went it was about show me what you painted and how you painted it and the quality of your paint and yep. your makeup yep. and and the quality of your job and your product that you do that was the most important part and right now when i moved here that was a very very big disappointment for me because when it comes to makeup artists here and they call themselves professionals, Mm -hmm. and all they've done, working like at Sephora for four years, and they call themselves professionals, and I'm like, you're not. (laughs) You're just not. Stop lying to people. I've seen them. I've seen their works in person. I've seen what they do in person, and I'm like, you want to be a professional, and I understand that calling yourself a professional makeup artist probably means so much to you, and you yeah. think it will mean so much to people. But why don't you just focus on actually becoming a professional by studying what you have to know and do by being a professional instead of just calling yourself when in reality your skills are on a minimum level and you don't even know how to blend a foundation on the basic jaw life? Right. You
0: know? I feel like people need to just take it for what it is. Like uh, the term professional something that comes I feel like after you put in all that work you know it's like how you like when you get a degree you get the degree after you put in all that work then now you can say oh I got my bachelor's or I got my PhD I'm a doctor now because you put in that work professional is not something that you just take on there's no humility in that (laughs) you know what I mean like you're like now I think I feel like it's egotistical in a way to call call yourself something then when you're not that yet yeah yeah, so I, yeah. I understand what you're talking about. I understand. you,
1: And especially when I moved here again with, like, a lot of people getting offended easily and being super sensitive about that subject when it comes to, like, professional and be makeup artists and all of that. I had situations when my friend, a couple of years ago, she had a pre-wedding session and she went to Sephora again to do her makeup and it was like she paid for that makeup and she did that and she asked she was told that that girl who was painting her she was one of the best at that Sephora specifically and she's coming to me it all came to the situation when she's coming to me because we were together in that event and
2: stuff and
1: I see her face And I had to pause for a minute. I couldn't paint her at the moment, like because I didn't have my makeup with me and I like it was just not working. So I was like, okay, just do it. So I had to stop for a second to look at her. And as soon as the event uh, finished, I grabbed her. We went back and I had to ask for the money back because I was like, please call me that makeup artist. She was already off work. And some other makeup artists came up to me and they're like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Blah, 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 Explain to me. I literally stood there and I explained to them step by step everything that was wrong of her, about her makeup. And I was like, we need we need the money back. I'm not letting you literally paint her and look like a clown, a girl yeah, who yeah. already has a flawless face. Like, you, there is nothing hard to do, that, you know? So, yeah, I literally had to go there and ask for the money back because the makeup was so bad. Like, right. it was so bad to the point where, again, like, there was a line of like, you know, be, like between your uh, shade of foundation mm-hmm. and the face was darker, you know, mm-hmm. the contour was asymmetrical, the eyes were not blended. So it was like, no, no. <laughs> and she's calling herself professional. And like, it's just yeah.
0: But I you know what I also think it is, though, because of how America is like, if you don't call yourself like something bigger than what you might actually be, you might not get anywhere because I've definitely had experiences with like podcasting where mind you, I just got out of college. Like all the stuff that I've been doing was like freelance. I haven't done anything like professional, professional yet when it comes to podcasting. But if they don't hear like, Oh, I did this, that and a third, or or if they don't hear the word professional or, um, highly skilled or whatever the case may be, they might just like pass you by. So I think it's just the culture of America to be honest with you. But then also be honest to your clients. Just be like, (laughs) Like, okay, I may not be the one for the job, but I could direct you towards somebody who, who can. That's just as good yes. if you ask me. Yes. <laughs> true, oh, yeah. true. Let's talk about um, your, your outfits, because these pictures, that the fits that you have been mimicking off of Chromatica has been fierce. <laughs> Thank you. Did, you. did you make those designs yourself, or do you uh, um, have Which help ones? from somebody else? Uh I have a whole file of your pictures right here, <laughs> darling. Okay. <laughs> I love um I'm gonna show you I'm gonna show you this one. I think it's like the stupid love yes. outfit. This one.
1: Uh yes. So this is a replica of her outfit from the Chromatica photo shoot. hmm Um have you seen that original outfit?
0: Yes, yes, I have. Yes. That she wore? Yeah.
1: Um so that was supposed to be a special outfit for for a special event yes yes
2: <laughs>
1: um, for um yes, yeah, with someone very famous and it was it was supposed to be my star moment on the <laughs> national television in in the states,
2: uh-huh. but
1: unfortunately never happened. So, and I don't think I'm allowed to say any of the names where I was supposed to be.
2: Of course. But
1: yes, that outfit was supposed to be for that show specifically, but it never happened. So instead of that, I decided to bring that outfit and make my own music video for the song Replay from the Chromatica album, because I was so inspired by that song. Mm -hmm. Um, But this outfit was one of the hardest I've ever made and by saying I've ever made, it's not just me, my boyfriend, he's a, he's a designer,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, again, a professional designer, Period. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> you can also check out his page. I don't know if you've seen it um, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a nice portfolio on his Instagram. Um, his name is Ryan, Ryan Berkeley um so when it comes to my outfits and my replicas as for right now it's like me and ryan have been together for almost two years now and as soon as we met he's just started to make outfits for me and recreations and stuff and um basically working for me and i just <laughs> slaving him yes um so uh, this specific outfit was one of the hardest and this one we made together because i'm good with constructing and i'm good Mm -hmm. with like doing wire work and stuff and like small details so this whole shoulder piece the whole bra and the bottoms was two to three months of work so it wasn't even a week yeah wow because it is intricate
0: it is is an intricate you know there's a lot of details within that outfit yes. yes
1: um the original outfit was made out of metal but i i, I don't know how to work with metal yet <laughs> I haven't got to that point so I, I had to replace a lot of materials that was used on the outfit with like the easier uh, materials that i can work with and i can wear and it will be actually wearable and actually for this specific outfit i have a plan She's not done yet. Even though I <laughs> shot her for the music video, I think uh-huh. that I'm gonna wear this outfit, this specific outfit, to the Chromatica uh, tour because I want to be a-, a shocker. You know, I want oh, you're be, going uh, to
0: gag everybody.
1: I want to like I for the Joanne <laughs> World Tour, I was already doing drag, and but I wasn't that famous yet, and I wasn't that that good with my drag yet. You know, yeah, that yeah. I'll be like completely so confident to be in drag for the Joanne World Tour like a couple years ago when she was in New York City. Um, So, but for this one, I'm like, okay, you know what? I am pretty famous now as being a Gaga impersonator and drag Gaga, you know? So for this show specifically, and now that it's been rescheduled for another year, I have a whole another year to become (laughs) even, even more famous and bigger, you know? Yeah. So people will know me, especially little monsters and kids out there, they will know me. So when I will go to the show there, I'll be the spotlight. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> That's what my goal is. So that outfit is definitely going to happen there.
0: Yeah, there's so many details that go into everything Gaga wears. But like, specifically oh, yeah. this Chromatica era, it's like, there's so, there's so much thought that was put into the aesthetics for the album that yes. just, the even, just the fact that you damn near made an exact replica of it, amazing. Can't I can't believe it took more. you months. I have more. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. What can we expect from, from Nick Gaga? Also, I know this is kind of redundant for drag queens. Is drag race in the cards? Is that something that you want to walk down the road?
1: Well, as a lot of drag queens say, and I will copy on that, it's not up to me, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I've been auditioning. It's not a secret. I will scream about it. I will say about it more <laughs> and more. Right. Yeah, I know at this point that the show got to a very commercial level and yeah. it got to a very, um, it's not what it used to be. Drag Race is not what it used to be from like it's season not. one to eight, nine and whatever. But I know that I have a very specific character and I know that I have, I have a lot more to show and I just don't have a platform yet to show what exactly I'm capable of as an artist. Mm -hmm. not just as a makeup artist but as as an artist in general because if i would be doing drag out of gaga i just don't want to i just don't want to spend time and put so much effort into something that the world will not see um because i that's why i decided to grow my following and grow my page and grow my artistry with gaga specifically because i know that if i'm a Little monster, I know that my fellow little monsters, you know, will enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that's how, and that's how I'll be able to show the full range of my artistry later. Mm-hmm. So just the fans will see me, and I will be giving them what they want. I will be performing that romance until I'll until whenever until I'll quit drag, you know. So they will <laughs> have bad romance performances all the time. Um, and yeah but when it comes to Drag Race I will be auditioning and I'm still hoping that I will get there I don't know how many years I'll be auditioning to be honest it's been three already Uh and since I've started I've been auditioning right away so I'm not sure if I'm gonna spend more than one another time to audition
0: yeah But, but we'll see yeah I had um Stella Luna, Kia Carr, and Sleilani, who is uh, Jersey City's uh, drag queens. And, you know, we talked about drag race and stuff on, on the podcast. And it's not the ceiling. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need to go on drag race to be known as, like, this, this big drag queen. Like, we have Shaquita. We have, you know, <laughs> Lady Bunny. Like, these are people who have not been on drag race, but they are still fierce as hell uh breast in peace to lady lady red couture who was never on drag race but we all know who lady red couture is you know yes so it's not the ceiling like it does it's not uh it's not the standard for drag queens it doesn't have to be and that's the only problem when it comes to commercializing something that was like i don't want to say niche but something that was like very specific to a community. Because now everybody kind of views that as the standard. People watch one season of Drag Race and they think that they're expert on drag. And it's like, it's yeah, not. Which is not true, of course. It's not true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, I hope you keep on, di- but I would love to see you on Drag Race, though. I feel like you would be I dope. would love to see myself on Drag Race. Yeah,
1: well. I, feel, I feel like you I would be can, so dope. Yeah. I think I can bring a lot to to that show.
0: I do, especially too.
1: with me being Russian, and you know, with my whole story, my life story, and all of that, and yeah. being Gaga, and being Russian. So I just hope
0: they don't—they don't, they don't Derek bury you if you were to go on there. I hope they don't Derek bury you. Would they be? Like, oh no!
1: I have a whole plan. I would start <laughs> from the beginning. They would get Gaga for only five seconds, and five seconds only. You know, they'll be—it will be like, okay, I'm—I am Gaga impersonator, and I do what I do the best. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna hit you hard with. Everything that I have in my in my backpack, you know, right yeah. away. So I have a plan about that.
0: <laughs> have you um, watched like the early seasons of Drag Race? Like you've been watching Drag Race since the beginning of it?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Definitely, the change has has been crazy. I think past season seven, like Violet Chachki's season, there was just this sudden change, and it was just like, whoa, because now everything yeah. started to become more fashion. Rather yep. than like, you know, the stupid, silly shit when like Bianca was on and like when Tyra Sanchez was on, like it was stupid. Like the early seasons of Drag Race are dumb as fuck. Like, yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> um, so yeah, and when it
1: comes to old seasons, I'm definitely, um, I love to put myself close to Raja, one of my favorite oldest dra- drag queens from like Drag Race, and one stuff of the best I
0: seasons, see- also season three. Yeah. What?
1: So if I will be on Drag Race, you will definitely see more, see me more as Raja, you know, and being crazy artist and a model fashion and all of that,
0: you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, while we're talking about... Uh, let's talk about New York, because I know it's hard for a lot of, like, New York queens, because New York is not... A, like, I, like we said, New York is not an easy place for you. How did you find the balance um, to to stay strong while living in new york because i like i said it could be crazy
1: (laughs) um well since i grew up in moscow in the capital in russia it's a pretty crazy city by itself Mm -hmm. it's like it's the vibe is very very similar to new york first of all moscow there's a very famous phrase that moscow never sleeps yeah and When it comes to New York, sometimes New Yorkers, and I hear people here say that New York never sleeps, but I know that it's not true. (laughs) Because when it comes to Moscow, for example, the bars and the clubs are open till nine in the morning, not four in the morning. So I know for a fact that I used to party until nine in the morning and then go straight to work after that without even sleeping for five seconds.
0: Nick, that is insane.
1: Yes. So yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to those type of things, you know, and people say that New York never sleeps and all of that. So I was like, "Mm, you know what? If I can go party until 4 in the morning and then sleep, I have that nice period of, like, a few hours to sleep and then I can go to work. It means that New York sleeps pretty damn well. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. So as soon as I moved here, I that's why I also chose New York instead of LA because I heard that LA is a very different vibe and it's way slower when it comes to like partying and stuff, you know, and it's yeah. like closing everything, closing at two in the morning. And I'm like, well, I need nightlife. I'm kind of from like from Moscow for my um, younger days, uh, parties <laughs> in Russia in Moscow were insane. Like I mean insane and like, it's not just, go out with your friends on like Friday and then meet up for brunch and then meet and then go for Saturday night out and then meet up for brunch. Not even close to that. Imagine going out from Saturday from Friday afternoon. Like as soon as as soon as you're done with whatever work you have and then you party until morning of Monday, then then it's true party.
2: Mm-hmm. Then
1: then it is what it is because it's just yeah. Um, so as soon as I moved here, I I just fell in with the vibe and I was completely fine with partying and then working hardcore. I'm a workaholic, so I need a lot of work. So I had all my gigs and, and my jobs, whatever I had before I became a drag queen, a full-time drag queen. Uh, and it was okay, it was whatever and but as soon as i started working as a drag queen it was a very slow start i was mm-hmm. just getting some you know couple gigs everywhere around the city i was like okay the ritz gave me a gig and i was like doing cold check and full drag you know this type of stuff and then kimi moore my sister she was like okay you want to perform i'll give you a number at my show and then another show, and then another show, another, another show, and it all end up with me being a drag queen seven nights a week, everywhere that I, you can possibly imagine performing almost at every bar in New York, you know, again, thanks to my drag sister, Kimi Moore, and then later on, my another drag sister, Boudoir LeFleur. Um, and yeah, and right now, again, in the middle of pandemic, we're still performing and surviving at uh, Cherries cherry grove on yep. fire island the only place right now where you can see drag shows almost every day every night
0: mm, yeah i really just hope they just get back i never been to the ritz and i'm gonna go to the ritz so bad you will you
1: will the ritz is gonna be if the ritz <laughs> is gonna be fine i know that like they're not gonna close that's for sure
0: Yes, it's 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 an iconic, iconic bar. This is so iconic. I have to go. Like, that was one of my goals for 21. I never got to achieve that in Stonewall. (laughs) I never got to go to Stonewall either. So we're going to make it there. You'll get there. You'll get there, of course. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yes. And And I'm not, I'm not planning on quitting anytime soon. So even, even, even with this whole crazy world, you know, right now. Yes.
0: Yeah, so that's, that's literally all the questions I have for you, for you Nick. Um, okay. So uh, what do you want to like, is there any upcoming events or is there anything that you want people to look forward to that you want to let them know about? I would,
1: well, I would only mention that my uh, YouTube channel is growing um, right now and I'm really focusing on that as I'm starting to grow myself as a director and an editor of me of videos and music videos and videos in general so i would love to for your fans and whoever is going to be listening to this podcast to focus not just on my instagram but also on my video uh, artistry on my youtube channel which is nikaga everywhere yep um and speaking of videos, it's also going to be focused on TikTok. That's a very big thing that's coming up right now. And I also cannot share much about it, but you could definitely focus on my TikTok as well.
0: <laughs> yes, we love a working queen. Was yes. <laughs> was this editing, was uh, video editing stuff, was it something that you picked up during the quarantine?
1: No, it started like, Uh, Over a year ago, when I did my first music video for my drag sister, Kimmy Moore. Yep. Um, He is a, she, he uh, is a singer, and he writes his own and produces his own music. So with his first single, no, second single, which is called One Night, uh, I directed and shot his whole music video last year on Fire Island. Again, you can also check it out. Yes, Nick! Yes, Kimmy Moore, One Night on YouTube
0: yes you better get those credentials Uh uh-huh okay credible queen we live for that that's so (laughs) awesome yeah i know a lot of like queens had to become like directors and video editors and shit during this quarantine because you know everybody had to adjust so that's good to know that you already had that knowledge prior so you were just like okay it is what it is let me just edit this video real quick and put it out Uh yep that's awesome so So focusing on that everybody go check out nick gaga's YouTube channel. tiktok page check out nick's instagram page i can't stress out how amazing this instagram page is like your looks are like so fierce i'm just like you know what let me just pack it on home because <laughs> it is so your looks are so
1: good thank you and it. again more is coming i have gaga looks
0: coming <laughs> yeah did up. you you did the rain on me look did you nope
1: skipped that one not coming Rain on Me is the only look that is not coming. Any of the looks from Rain on Me. Sorry, world. You have literally the rest <laughs> of the world. Everyone recreated those looks and everyone did it. So there is no need for me to do this. There is no need for me to copy that. And I was just, I was so over it, honestly. So I was just like, nope, not happening. <laughs> uh, we have VMA performance coming in a few days. Actually, oh, so that might be a look. That, that might happen because that's going to be a whole different story.
0: Oh, yeah. No, you not even, did you do the album cover?
1: Uh, the Chromatica cover? Yeah, I did. I recreated actually the whole cover. The whole thing is that I posted only my headshot and I yeah. cropped it, and I posted it. And I'm still waiting. I'm still. It's still the same thing. I said if I will get ten thousand likes on that picture, I'm gonna post the full cover recreation. But so far I got to like I think two thousand likes on that picture. So whoever's gonna listen to this and who wants to <laughs> see, who wants to see my full Chromatica recreation? you better you better like that just start like
0: that damn picture it's still
1: right there it's still right there yeah because
0: i want to see if you put the knife on the end of the damn heel. that's what the hell i want to see because that's a... uh-huh
1: uh-huh <laughs> you i mean you can see a lot already by just the just the top part just yeah. the the headshot that i cropped and you can see a lot that there was some good
0: recreations in there yes awesome like i said everybody check out the youtube channel instagram page tiktok page Check out Nick Gaga. Nick is so dope. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. This was lovely and so much fun. I'm so happy I got the chance to to know you.
1: Thank you, Devin. Thank you so much. It was very nice to meet you as well.
0: Yay. And then whenever the clubs start opening back up, I'm going to come see you first. And that's that. Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> I'll be waiting. I'm looking forward to it as well.
0: With a nice little tip for you, too, because I, I get it. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, check out, continue to look out for the, the drag interviews. We have a lot more coming up. I could spill tea on one more. We have uh, Darby Lynn Cartwright from IMHO, a Chicago drag queen, coming on to the Devin Hour podcast, which I'm so excited about because I am obsessed. So can't wait for everybody to check that out. We got some more queens coming onto the podcast, so just stay tuned. Check out the previous series, the Interviewing the Interviewer series, which I just finished, which we just had uh, Tracy G from Sway in the Morning on, which was beyond me. I can't believe I even got her on the damn podcast for sure. But There we go. More content coming up for you guys. And that's it. Stay woke. And thank you for taking an hour out of your day to hear me run my fat ass mouth. (laughs) Till next week. Bye-bye.